Hi, I'm Max. I'm Joe. And I'm Zan. And we're the Three, Three Whining Witches. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and follow and give us a five star rating. Also, please share this podcast to those who you think might enjoy our content. Welcome back, witches. Hello. Hi. How's everyone doing today? Perfect, because it's Friday. Yeah. Yes, thank God. <laughs> it's been a rough week. Very, Very rough. <laughs> like guitar scenes. Anyways. Mm, certain <laughs> ones. So, I want to start off the podcast by going to our Instagram and reading a question that we threw out this week and reading the replies that we got. Mm. So, Akatar edition. Of the characters in the book, who gives you the biggest ick and why? Our first answer, Ianthe. She is so power hungry and manipulative. She's ready to use that kitty for power. Gross. Purr. <laughs> Said no one. Her kitty probably has teeth. <laughs> kitty has claws. <laughs> Gross. She's got VD. Our second answer, Dagden? And Brenna? Yes. Okay. Their vibes were so incestuous. Yeah, they're, they're from Akawar, the third book. That one's a really good book. Spoiler alert. I yes, it was. It yeah. was really good. The next one. Isaac Hale, sexing Feyre only to marry someone else while still banging her was disgusting. Yeah, mediocre. Next one. Elaine. Like, girl, come on. There's a war out there. Please grow up. Ooh. I know. I like that. It's a little sassy. <laughs> that damn Kelpie. <laughs> oh, I wonder who was that. That was me. <laughs> it was gross. Ooh, I've seen some like fan art. It, I mean, not they're not fans of the Kelpie, but you know mm-hmm. of that scene. Oh, it's gross. You ready, Sander? Yes. Lucian. <gasps> totally obsessed with Elaine and doesn't even bother to get to know her. He's well, giving her well, honestly, space. Honestly, if he got to know her, he might not be after <laughs> her. Oh, no. Elaine's. She's a, what do you call it? Uh, late bloomer. I don't know. <laughs> Extremely late. <laughs> Extremely late. The latest of all her sisters, that's for mm-hmm. sure. Oh. Next one, Elaine. Lord Jesus, if she can't shut the F up already. Oh, she doesn't <laughs> say anything. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, she, well, she does. Something. She's such a freaking whiny person in that... <laughs> Is it the last one? Whatever. She, no, it's the third one, right? She's kind of whiny. Because that's after she's already been turned. Oh, in the third mm-hmm. one, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, shut up. He doesn't want to freaking marry you anymore because you're a freaking uh, fake. Get over it. <laughs> she's, she's, she's just a recovering human. That's no, why want somebody who doesn't want you back? Just that, get over it. That's true. Lianthe, she chose to be a sexual predator. Yuck. That is exactly what she is. Girl. I would also like to give a little shout out to one of our followers on Instagram. Tonic underscore it's me. Y'all go follow her. She's the sweetest. She's new to Instagram. She left us a little review about our podcast on her Instagram and it was the cutest ever. Thank you very nice, for the support. Very sweet. We oh. do appreciate it. Yes. I almost cried. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, she did. Zen, Zen's a crier. We've all established <laughs> that she's a crier. Crybaby. So, crybaby, what's going on this weekend? Anything special? I am trying to finish Throne of Glass. You liar. It's your birthday tomorrow. Oh, right. Right. oh yeah. Okay. Party. There's that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How could you not remember? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> you know, our mom didn't remember. <gasps> Until no. she got invited. She put happy birthday on Facebook this morning. <laughs> oh, she So I texted her at 5.30 in the morning, hey, Xander's birthday is tomorrow. And she's like, oh, that was at 2 a.m. <laughs> I wasn't thinking. Oh. She's like, I was practicing. <laughs> but what's funny is that we had made a little bit of a joke of somebody else the day prior making uh, the mistake of wishing somebody a happy birthday and it was the wrong day also. Was that me? No. Who? Her sister. Oh. <laughs> uh, wished her grandson a happy birthday, but her grandson has the same birthday as Arnie, which is <laughs> next month. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so we were all giggling about it, and then mom does the same exact thing the next day. So oh, That's cute. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I wished Amanda a happy birthday on the wrong day, too. <laughs> hers, was, hers was yesterday, so. Oh, no, I did, I did do it right then. Okay. So, so what are you doing for your birthday? 
I'm reading Throne of Glass. No, <laughs> I'm just you are partying. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm just kidding. We, we are dressing up. We may show some pictures on our Instagram. If we look good in Instagram, if we look great in them, Mm. Uh, or, you know, if we're feeling feisty because we've had some wine, but check it out. Yeah. Okay. The first wine of the night is Stella Rosa, pineapple and chili semi-sweet. Yes. Semi-sweet. What? Just semi-sweet. Full. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I would leave that in. Damn. Always (laughs) expecting more. (laughs) I was was thinking it was like a Moscato or whatever. I think it's considered a dessert wine. Okay. Well, I need more dessert wine. I drank it all. So, quick warning. Do not breathe in (laughs) while you're drinking this. Because it is... uh, does have a little bit of chili in it, and it will sting the nostrils. Yes. Uh, Zan has figured this out, like, five times, but still can't figure it out. I know. She keeps on doing it over and over. You know how when you drink a soda, and you don't wait till the bubbles go away... Well, I did that. I was very eagerly getting to the wine, and I accidentally breathed in that effervescent. And now she has no nostril hairs. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And the chili in it made me cough, and now I can't stop coughing every time I go for a drink. Yeah. Stop breathing in now. now. Stop breathing in. <laughs> I, I guess I breathe in when I drink. Okay, so <laughs> moving on from her drinking problems. <laughs> Last week, we ended up with Farah and Rhysan going to the prison and talking to the bone carver and getting a little bit of info, correct? Correct. <laughs> yes. Okay. So now we're going to pick up on chapter 19 of A Court of Mist and Fury. Upon returning to Velaris from the prison, Rhysan tells Az, Cass, and more about what the bone carver revealed. And Farah takes some time to think of what she may be asked to do with the book. She also needs some time to bring her mind back to ease after revealing some of her innermost secrets to the carver. Azriel tells the group that he would contact his horses from the summer court to find where the book of breathings yeah. is hidden. <laughs> and then go to his human source to find out where that half is hidden. Reese tells him he doesn't trust this information with anyone outside the inner circle. Mm-hmm. Moore asks Rhysan what his plan is, and Rhysan tells them that the King of Highburn attacked one of their temples. What an ass. In his opinion, that was an act of war. Katz adds he would remember Rhysan's allegiance to the humans in the war and not likely reveal any of his, the king's, plans in order to get Reese on his side. Rhysan's plan is to return the favor by infiltrating Highburn. It's like, oh, you're going to sneak into my court. I'm going to sneak into yours. Yes. <laughs> Little weasels. <laughs> Since Highburn likely has wards and shields around it, they will start formulating their plan while looking for the pieces of the book. This way, when they do get both halves, they can move swiftly to nullify the cauldron in Highburn. When asked by Cassian about how they will find the pieces of the book, Rhysand reveals that since the objects are spelled to the individual High Lords and can only be found through their power, they can use Feyre, who has a bit of power from each High Lord, to find it. Feyre may even be able to break the wards around the Summer Court. Feyre tries to argue that they all don't know for sure that this will work. I like this part because Farrah's just like chilling there, like listening to them do their plan. Mm-hmm. And then she's just like, oh, 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 me, me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause they all look up at her. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you, what's funny is that they are making all these plans for her. Right. Mm-hmm. But she's in the room. Whereas it was like Tamlin was making all the plans for her and she was locked outside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So question, are you someone who loses everything or the person who finds things that are lost? I find things that are lost, especially people during my dating years. (laughs) Why do you have to take it so deep? I know. I found a lot of lost people because they were all asses. Oh, yeah. They were all very much should have stayed in the lost and found. Exactly. You should have kept them there. I had that savior complex where I thought that I could (laughs) fix everyone, apparently. Oh, God. Zan? Yeah, I find everything. So, you know how if if you have, like, a, a man in your life... They cannot find anything. Anything. <laughs> and it'll be right underneath their nose, and you'll be like, look down there. They literally will look and be like, it's not there. And you have to go and get it and show them, 
look and then they have the audacity to say like later on when you're having a conversation with them you know you can't ever find anything what do you mean tell me you know like when like uh all the time (laughs) and then they're like oh that was just that one time dude (laughs) i know i know you're not trying to gaslight my my ass about the fact that you can't find shit anyway i am too a finder of things arnold will use my um, <laughs> secret powers often saying, hey, by chance, have you seen this? And if not, do you mind looking for it? Because I have proven myself worthy of the... <laughs> right, that's good. That's good. That's like, there's some respect there, you know? Well, yeah, mm-hmm. but it took a while to get there because he used to tell me, you can only find it because you're the one who put it there. <sighs> and I'd be like, no, fool. You're, why would I move your stuff? I mean, yeah, sometimes I do when it's in the wrong part of the uh-huh. house. Like, if his tools are in the kitchen, then I'll go put them in the garage. But I always yeah. put them where you can see them in plain mm-hmm. sight. Yeah, but you you strike me as one of those people that can be like, uh, it's in the cupboard on the left side oh. on the second shelf oh, behind <laughs> that jar of pickles. I you know, know. You know, sometimes I have been able to do that, not all the time, but he always asks me how I how I do it, how I find things, and I kid you not, this is what I do. <laughs> I'll think of the object and I'll say. You call to it. Where would I be? Like, call to like, was his object. There you go. Where would I be? And I'm seriously thinking about it. You're mm-hmm. using your ESPN. Yes. And a lot of times it actually, it, it works. Is there? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you're a freaking witch and you made it go there. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> I like to use my pendulum and just go around the house. Like, where are you? Okay, no. Uh, or I pray to St. Anthony. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what? That has worked for me like once or twice. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't answer anymore because because he's all stop this stuff, stop doing that stuff like this bitch again. You didn't name it the Saint Anthony podcast, so. <laughs> so Rissan says there is one way to test it. They are going to make another trip to find a valuable object of Reese's that he's been missing for a bit. As reveals, they are going to the Weaver. Cass attempts to put in his two cents worth, and Reese stops him by holding up his hand. Feyre will be tasked with trying to identify the object of his in the weaver's trove. More blur out her disbelief. So Feyre asks about this weaver. Has tells her it's an ancient wicked creature who should remain unbothered. He urges Reese to find another way. Reese looks to Feyre, leaving it up to her to make that decision. Reese also suggests Feyre become the emissary to the night court for the human realm. There hasn't been a human turned immortal in 500 years. She would be the best fit since she is an immortal fairy with a human heart. She would be able to prepare the human world for the possibility of the wall being shattered and the king of Highburn unleashing his forces on them. They would need to set up a base of neutral territory and favor suggests her family's home. Cassian expresses his disbelief that they could make Favor's family let them take over. Favor says she'd do it, even though her sisters would not be happy. Reese also would like to see if there was any way she could convince the queens to give their half of the book. I know, like, that part, Favor was like, she would make them. She would make her sisters do it. I'm like, girl, you cannot make Nesta do nothing. <laughs> For real. Like, do you know your sisters? <laughs> I thought you knew them. <laughs> In the middle of the night, Reese knocks on Feyre's door and he wants to go on their trip to see the weaver. He'd like to leave before the sun is fully up. He's in a hurry because once the king finds out someone is looking for the pieces of this book, he will start hunting for it too. She asks if he had suspected all this before, the cauldron, the king, the book, and he confirms it. He would have taken Feyre to the bone carver to confirm her talents months ago, but she was off trying to get married. Boo. <laughs> I know, to this to nasty, Tammy, Tammy, Tam, Tam. Ew. She realizes this was the reasoning for Reese pushing the reading on her. She would need to be able to read this book. So guys, do you consider yourself a morning person or a night owl? And would you have been pissed to be woken up by Reesen in the middle of the night? Well, I am a night person. So you would have been awake already? I would have been. Well, no, it's it's before dawn, right? Mm-hmm. So it's really early in the morning. So I would have hated it. I would have been pissed. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm neither a morning or night person. I hate mornings and I fall asleep <laughs> and I hate all days. I hate all days. I would say I'm definitely not a night owl. I mean, once nine o'clock hits, I'm ready for bed. <laughs> I won't say I wake up happy, but I always wake up early no matter what. I could have gone to bed at two o'clock. Mm-hmm. I'm up at six o'clock. It doesn't matter. But that doesn't mean I'm, like, happy. I'm not, like, a sunshine. <laughs> yeah. That's how I am. In I? fact, so I put my uh, my iPhone on, like, a sleep mode, mm-hmm. right? And once it hits a certain time... Yeah, we noticed. I know. It, 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 it mutes you guys after a certain time. <laughs> so I, I mean, you could turn that off. <laughs> Julia has it on. What's it called? Sleep mode. Yeah, yeah. We, we could see you are silent. I'm like, what a bee. Well, okay, yeah. You say you could turn it off. I don't turn it off on purpose, okay? And there's only... One, two, three, four people whose uh, text would come through, and it's not you guys. <laughs> it's Arnie, Estella, Mom, and Arnold. Oh, no, oh, I meant nice. the thing that says you're on silent. <laughs> the message. No. Nah. Just... <laughs> you need to know where y'all stand, okay? <laughs> what a be. But anyway, in the morning, it turns off, and as soon as you uh-huh. unlock the uh, phone, it says, good morning. And in my head, every morning, I always think, what's so gr- good about it? <laughs> And it's funny because it's, it's like this conversation between me and my phone. I don't know if I would be very upset if Reese was. Nah, no, nobody, nobody needs to be messing with my sleep. Trust me. I don't care how hot you are. You mess with my sleep. You're pissing me off. So after getting dressed and returning from the bathroom, Rhysand is waiting to strap on a belt of knives. But the way they describe this belt is like, like there's loops to step through. Like So I'm like, that's not a belt. That's like a harness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's, she isn't able to take a sword or bow and arrow. Knives are okay because the weaver has them in her home already. But a sword or bow, she would sense as an object out of place. Farah asks about herself. Always about Farah. <laughs> would the weaver sense her? And Reese advises her not to make a noise or touch anything besides the object that belongs to him. Okay, okay, no noise, got it. Mm-hmm. <gasps> Duh. <laughs> Sorry. She like toots. I'm just like, it me makes it sound like it's so easy and mm-hmm. it's like obviously not. So the object and Pharaoh will have the same imprint. Kind of like Jacob. Oh, God. <laughs> that's, that's the one. Uh-huh. We, we only get the one. They are one and the same. If the bone carver wasn't lying. So she should not notice her presence. Fair asks if the weaver is blind, and she is, but her other senses are lethal. Lysand is explaining all this while kneeling before Feyre, and the image of Tamlin kneeling before Lysand comes to her mind. Yeah, that whole s- situation flashes. With his nose to the floor. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What if the weaver notices Feyre? Reese tells Feyre that if that does happen... They would see how skilled she was, and this annoys Feyre, but Reese asks if she would rather he lock her up, feed and dress her, and have her plan his parties. Sign me up. Right? (laughs) Okay. The Weaver knows Resand. He and other High Lords are not allowed to mess with her, but Feyre, the Weaver does not know, and she belongs to every court. He tells Pharaoh she is his salvation. The second bottle of the night is Witching Hour. Sweet Red Blend. Okay, chapter 20. Once dressed and ready, Rhysand winnows he and Pharaoh to a neutral territory between the north and south of Prithian. There is no High Lord there. Just whoever is the strongest, meanest, and most cunning makes the law. And the Weaver of the Wood is at the top of their food chain. Amarantha didn't mess with her. She was no fool. Yet here they are, going to go mess with the weaver. Because, you know, Amarantha is quite smart. (laughs) It's so funny that you're like Amarantha's fan right now. I've been seeing all these, I've been seeing all these cosplayers now in the feed. (laughs) Cosplaying Amarantha. You I started guess, a trend or what? No. You know the app is listening right now. So. I know. They're like, this bitch likes Amarantha. Let's give her some yeah. Amarantha uh-huh. videos. There's somebody around her that loves it. So, you know, <laughs> let's make her send TikToks to her. <laughs> so Reese reveals that last night, Cassian was trying to convince him to change his mind. 
Farah asks why, and Reese says maybe he wants to bone her. <laughs> oh my god. Which I would have been like, all right. <laughs> that nice chunk of meat. <laughs> oh gosh, yes. Come here, full sized man mm. chicken, basically. <laughs> Um, oh, I guess they're bats, right? Um, maybe Farah needs to move on physically, and Cass would be more than happy to oblige. Farah says to tell Cass to come to her room then. He said he'd let Cass know uh, that she was open to, to his um, advances. But then Reese asks if Farah liked him kneeling before her when he was putting on her knives in preparation for this trip. And... And we did. We all liked it. <laughs> <laughs> but also how nice of Cassian to try and be like, don't send her into that nasty-ass mm-hmm. freaking <laughs> cabin, you know? Human- so he's like standing up for somebody he really doesn't know. No. Um, but he's just that decent that he wouldn't want uh, to send somebody into... Harm's way. Yeah. Yeah. Love my Cassian. Among, other, among others. And this sends all sorts of feelings to Feyre. He knew it affected her. Feyre knows this is all in an attempt to distract her from the task at hand. They reach a small whitewashed cottage. The area is quiet with birds making minimal noise. They can hear faint humming coming from inside the cottage. And Reese signals that this is the place. She thinks to herself she needs to get in and get out, and then run like hell. Quietly, Feyre walks toward the cottage in a manner that creates no noise. Which, how do you do that? I don't know, but I would not be able to do that, because I would probably stub my toe or trip on something. Knowing my ass, my... I would be crunching every leaf all the way, every twig. And then sneeze, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. She gets to the front door where she can hear the words the weaver sings and eases open the front door. How terrifying, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) She peers in and sees that this place has floor-to-ceiling shelves filled with all sorts of junk shoes, pottery, jewels, and random things hanging from the rafters. Dead birds, ribbons. It's a true hoarder's home. Now, if you were a hoarder, what would you hoard? Let me tell you about my storage (laughs) unit. (laughs) Oh, no. She's like, like, bodies? (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Don't go over there unless you have some sort of, like, scent. Pickle jars. <laughs> oh God, Arnold's like a con- a container person. Oh no, oh, pickle yeah. jar containers. No, detergent containers. Does he mm-hmm. put like leftovers in there and use them for like oh, no. other things? Or no, he wants to use them for other things, but they're all in the garage unused, <laughs> waiting for him to use them. Yeah. For water, right? For like, oh, in, in case you have to flush the toilet when it's the hurricane season, uh, you know? No, no, no. He says he's he's got ideas. Uh, oh, he's no. not using them, but he's got ideas. Oh, so, what would you hoard? Books, pens, oh, yeah. papers, That's all right. that jazz. What would you hoard? Makeup. Of okay, course. so yes, I was a hoarder of makeup until we had those <laughs> ladies come in who organized our restroom and he threw away everything. Oh my god, you have to tell that story. That sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, they came in. Our, my husband said that was not organized. So they came in and organized a few of our rooms. Our restroom was one of them. And I had drawers full of makeup, old makeup that I didn't use, but also other things that I did use. <laughs> And a couple of things they asked me about. And then that night, later after they had left, I was washing my face. And I used Latisse, which is to help your eyelashes grow. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't find it. And I was like, oh, my God. They threw away my Latisse. And how much is it? It's $100 for a little bottle. Oh I mean, it's supposed to, it lasts you like three months. So it's supposed to be like a three-month supply. It's like only like 30 bucks, But... It's one bottle that costs, because you buy it at one time, you can't buy a third of it. So I was like, I need to go find that bottle. Oh my God. It's about, like, if you put your fingers out and you were trying to make like an inch and a half, that's how big it is. And so I had to go through our garbage to find it. 
But upon doing that, I also found my face wash. I found <laughs> oh, son of a bitch. They're like, I hate this lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do it. I found Estella's shampoo because sometimes she takes baths up there. I know, and it's a big old thing too. And uh, what was funny was that there were some things that I did tell them uh, I didn't want to keep, but. They were still in usable condition, like brand new beauty blenders, because I just don't like. And then they were the actual brand of beauty beauty blenders, so they're expensive. But I didn't like them. I didn't like the texture of them. Mm-hmm. They always soak up all the makeup, so I was like, "Nah, get rid of those." And like makeup palettes, like one time you gave me this Natasha Denona, but I was like, "Oh, that's expired now. <laughs> I'm gonna get rid of it." Those were not in the trash. Oh, they took it. <laughs> Natasha Denona is very expensive. Yeah, they probably were like, "Ooh." Yeah, so, anyways, I am no longer a hoarder in that room. <laughs> in that room. Yeah, in that room. I would say I'm a hoarder of shoes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Boots. Collector. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's it's boots and sneakers, but I think I, I'm actually getting more sneakers than boots now, so. Summer. Yeah. Yeah. We will work on the boots this summer. Do we do we want to go with you with what you would hoard? Mine was makeup girl. Oh, yeah, you yeah, like yeah. top me, that's all. <laughs> no, because like the only reason I would say makeup is because we, we had that box right. subscription and then we would just accumulate all this makeup. Mm-hmm. And that's what I had, Zenner. They were like from like years I know. and for whatever reason I could not part with them. Me me neither. Like I'm like I one day I'm gonna run out of that of that bronzer and the, I'm gonna need bronzer and it's gonna need to be this shitty one that mm-hmm. I never want to use, but I'm gonna want bronzer, right? So exactly. it's gonna stay there. Exactly. <laughs> Another thing is like highlighter. I nearly never wear it, but I had some, uh, and it was at Becca. Becca, they don't make it anymore. I don't think. <gasps> where is it? Can I have it? It's thrown. <laughs> those girls. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you where those girls live. Maybe you can go find it. They, they don't make it anymore. <laughs> yeah, they don't make it anymore. And I had one, and it had a oh. bronzer one too, and those. <laughs> Babies are gone. <laughs> Damn. They, I will say that it is very organized in my drawer space. I mean, my shelf space up in that restroom. So, so would you hire them again? I do plan on hiring. It was them. only for a couple of hours, right? Uh, it was for like they were here for like eight hours, but they oh, did. They shit. tackled Estella's room, and that itself took like five hours for them. Her room was awful. Now it's like really good. They got rid of all the toy sets that were incomplete. Anything that looked like it was chewed on or whatever. <laughs> so they got rid of a lot of stuff. Desperate times, man. Yeah, if I, yeah. If, if I could afford it, I would totally do that. Yeah, well, I, don't, I mean, I don't think it's like practical. Mm-hmm. That's why I wanted Arnold and I to do like the kitchen ourselves because that one is a monster. They would probably take all day and mm-hmm. I'm not going to pay that. It, it's like... It's, they charge per hour, so the, anyway. Uh-huh. So Farah looks at the weaver. She looks young with thick onyx hair down to her waist. What's funny is like she's seeing her from her the backside. And she's all, oh, she's young, <laughs> right? She looks like a K-pop star from behind. Oh my God. She is sitting at her spinning wheel, spinning some white wool-like item into thread. And Farah thinks that she doesn't want to know the source of this. All the while, the weaver is singing some creepy song. Farah walks into the cottage, sure not to step on any junk on the floor, and she scans the room, trying to find something that would pull at her. In the middle of her jumbled thinking of Tamlin, of Reese and his flirting, (laughs) of her being a monster, she feels something, much like a tap on the shoulder. She walks through the room, and it's a maze of crap, and then she feels it tug at her. Feyre walks up to a shelf near the hearth, and she sees it on the third shelf, right above her eye line. She could smell Reese on it. It was a ring of twisted strands of gold and silver, flecked with pearl and with a sapphire stone. Feyre's mind once again goes all sorts of crazy thinking of her stabbing the fairies, stabbing Rasand in revenge for making her do this, <laughs> then plucks the ring off the shelf and the weaver stops singing. As soon as she's trying to get to the door, right? Mm-hmm. It's like she's so close to the door yeah. and then it shuts and there's no fucking doorknob. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh. so, did this creepy the F out? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I hate movies. Like, you know, when you yeah. see movies mm-hmm. and 
Galdan anticipation and something's there to spook you, those jump scares mm-hmm. get me every single time. Even though mm-hmm. I know something's coming up, yeah. right? And it gets me. <laughs> like, I know. I'm so angry. I think it's upsetting to me, though. I don't know why. It's upsetting to me that there is no doorknob on the inside of the door. <laughs> like, how the hell do you get Right? Out? It's yeah. just like the, uh, the, the, the claustrophobic person in me. Mm. Yeah, so speaking of claustrophobic, Arnold went... So our bedroom's on our second story. We have a one and a half bedroom. So the only thing, I mean, one and a half story, the only thing that's upstairs is our master bedroom. And he wanted to put LED lights. Mm-hmm. Um, the larger room, and there's only a ceiling fan right in the middle. So if you go to the corners of the room, it's all dark. <laughs> it's dark. Yeah, so he wanted... Sepia tone. Yes, yeah. exactly. I mean, I looked real good. But, <laughs> but he wanted to put LED lights, and he, he did do it. Uh-huh. But they're at the four corners, and our ceiling is like kind of vaulted, I guess you could say. I don't mm-hmm. know. But he described the crawl space that he had to go through. Oh, my God. Uh. And I was already freaking out, not wanting to hear it. And he told me himself that he had to take a break and, like, close his eyes because it, it got to him. He's not a claustrophobic person, oh, but it shit. got to him. So he oh, had to, like, man. just take a break, take a few minutes to just breathe. Yeah. And I and he's telling me this story. And this was about two nights ago that he told me. You know, I don't think... I would have had a heart attack. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so well, you, your, your ass would have found me in there. <laughs> right. You would have smelled me because I would have died. Oh, oh, oh shit! <laughs> Damn. No, I'm getting anxious just thinking about it. Yeah. I mean, the, the immediate thought, immediate thought when anybody says crawl space, mm-hmm. I'm dead. dead. I'm dead inside. <laughs> I was watching, I don't think it was on Unsolved Mysteries. I, no. think it, I think it was the one of the most recent ones, and it was like the dad who ended up killing, uh, they're looking for him, he killed his whole family, oh. and he had them buried under crawl space under the house or oh, something. Oh, my that's goodness. Awful. So that's, that's something that comes into my mind. Oh, my God. There was one of the men stuck in the wall. Do you remember that story? No, but I, I don't even heard know how he about bodies and walls. Yeah. And like, I think he crazy. was in the attic or something, and there was oh, like think, a space. No, I think and I, I, think I through. remember that. Yeah. That's crazy. One of my biggest fears is being buried alive because I'll oh, die. Like that one scene of Kill Bill when Uma Thurman's buried mm-hmm. alive and she has to oh, punch her way through. God. Oh my god, that freaks me out. Okay, happy it, thoughts. Happy <laughs> thoughts. Are happy thoughts. thoughts. I, I just don't. It's Friday. I can't do it. I don't understand. That's a, that's one thing that freaks me out about. This makes no sense, but this isn't me thinking about it. Those like astronauts going up into space, oh, like you no. have that little shuttle. That's it. Well, not just that. In the you know, in the old days, they came down in that fucking capsule. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, the submarines. Oh no! Yeah. I don't want to think no. about that. Oh yeah, you oh, don't think my about God. Me. Come on, I'm gonna think Oh my god. Send all your therapy bills to Sarah Jamos. <laughs> she started it. So chapter 21. Faber places the ring in her pocket. She waits in silence, wondering if the weaver will start another song. Another creepy-ass song. Oh yes. That was a creepy-ass song. The graphic audio. Yeah, when she's singing it. She, they do like sing it, and I'm just like, oh gross. I have to tell y'all that I liked it. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're I like that the Celtic music and stuff, and the way she was like singing it, I was like, oh, I was like, where, where can I hear this on Spotify? It's fucking creepy, <laughs> fucking creepy. <laughs> so, Favor quickly backs toward the door. As she turns to the door, it shuts with a slight noise. The weaver stops her wheel and asks, "Who's in her house?" Favor tries to reach for a door handle, but there is none. Mm. Thanks for the reveal, Zen. I'm sorry. <laughs> Damn, foreshadowing. Oh. <laughs> Favor goes to the window, but it is sealed without a latch and impenetrable glass. The weaver turns to face Favor, and she sees how gross she actually looks. <laughs> Her skin is gray, wrinkled, and sagging. There are no eyes but black, Ooh. rotting pits. Ugh. And she has jagged stumps of teeth, which mm-hmm. she says... Favorite actually says in the book that it's probably from eating or chewing on bones and breaking or something like that. There are no dentists in Prithian. (laughs) (laughs) The weaver asks what favorite it is. Favorite grabs the candle in the center of the room and throws it against a wall of woven thread made of bodies, skins, lives. The weaver starts to shriek and favorite goes to the fireplace and chimney. 
It was just wide enough for her. Now think about that crawl that, space. That is fucking gross. Yeah. She out. uses the uneven bricks for climbing. It stinks in there like burnt hair and there's Ugh. a sheen to the Ugh. bricks as if coated with cooked fat. Ugh. She's about halfway in the chimney when Creepy asks, <laughs> what little mouse is climbing about in my chimney? <laughs> Fudge. You remind me of Hansel and Gretel. <laughs> when Vapor looks down, she sees the freaking weaver looking up oh, at her that is jump scare for real yeah yeah like, yeah with her eyeballs her freaking mm-hmm. smiley ass stump teeth yeah i know oh. in the middle of her panic thinking of under the mountain and the midden guard worm <laughs> air commands herself to stop and think she actually says that she would rather be right fighting with the midden guard favor <laughs> <laughs> starts punching at the brick until she loses one and she throws it at nasty's face <laughs> So. <laughs> the weaver's face starts bleeding black and favor starts once again up the chimney. She stumbles onto the roof that she realizes is not thatched with hay, but with hair. Oh, so, you guys, I think we kind of talked about this, obviously, yeah. just a while ago, but would you have had a panic attack in that chimney? Fuck yes. Yeah, yeah. same, same. Fuck yeah, the also, sliminess, like, crawling oh. up on the brick. And then the hair, the grease in the hair on your hands. So what what do you guys think about Santa? How does Santa go in there? He winnows down the chimney. Oh, that's smart. That's smart. He's a fairy. You know how the little bit more for Santa, a little bit more for Santa. The Cheech and Chong's Christmas. So in ten... I just got it. Sorry. Wow. <laughs> the Sorry. <laughs> so instead of climbing down from the roof, Favor decides it is better to go up and climbs toward a tree branch. And then Favor starts jumping from branch to branch, tree to tree, like a little monkey. Oh <laughs> or God. like Tarzan. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, you know what? Yeah. I was thinking that. Like, how the hell are you doing that without looking like Tarzan? <laughs> she oh. can still hear the weaver asking where she's at. And Fair continues to flee as the weaver screams grow distant. And she finds Rhysan lounging on a branch. What a bastard, by the you way. Know, right? He probably looked all cute. <laughs> he probably did. All refreshed and she smells like ass. What a oh bastard. Feyre is pissed at him, but he silences her with a finger to his lips. And then they winnow away to Valaris. <laughs> they get to the House of Wind, and Rhysand's wings appear, and they fly into some sort of war room, where Cass and Amarin are arguing. <laughs> Who do you think? Amarin comments that Feyre smells like barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> and Cass asks if Feyre killed the weaver, and Rhysand says no. But he is curious what Feyre Darling did to her. Vera is remembering she is coated with fat and oh, hair of people and pukes all over the floor. As she should. Poor Vera been puking this whole time, man. I know. So you think that's from, like, everyone that tried to escape? Everyone she caught? Everyone she caught, yeah. Oh. And she probably cooked it and ate it. That's why the fat was in the chimney. So Feyre explains that the weaver had detected her and closed the doors and window. She tells them all she had to do to escape. Rhysand says she survived and found a way to help herself. Didn't you want to punch his face? I did. I did. <laughs> so do you have any... I want to slap him. Uh-huh. I mean, I've read this so many times. Yeah. And I was like secretly being like, maybe I forgot that she slapped him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so do you have any issue telling someone they stink? No. <laughs> no? <laughs> you're, you're thinking of one person. Charlie? <laughs> if I know the person, I'm not going to tell some random stranger, yo... Get some deodorant on your steak. <laughs> I just go by like. Pss, pss. But I will tell like Arnie and Estella and Arnold, hey, you you go put some more deodorant on. <laughs> Arnie's so small. He's only nine and he needs deodorant. So. No. And yeah. Estella, so since so Estella's five. So because Arnie puts on deodorant every day, Estella puts on deodorant every day. She don't need it. <laughs> but she also she also calls it odorant. I'm gonna put odorant on. Do they have kids deodorant or they uh, just no, I just got her like a secret. She like puts oh. it on like once a week or something because she never remembers. <laughs> She's so cute. <laughs> She's trying to grow up too fast. I know, I know, my baby girl. And no I won't tell people. They'll be like doused in cologne and I'll be there like suffering. Your eyes are all tearing. <laughs> <laughs> You're all red and cologne. Anyway, Vera is pissed. This wasn't just to find the ring or discover her abilities. This was to see if she can master her panic. Cass called Reese a prick for this, and Vera asked Cass to teach her how to fight. She needs to get stronger. 
She doesn't want her only option to be running or waiting for someone to rescue her. Favor asks about the ring. It was Reese's mother's ring. He gave it to the weaver for safekeeping so he wouldn't waste it. Favor is a bit annoyed. She just wants quiet and a bath. And Reese grabs Favor and flies her out of there into her room with a bath already running. Reese asks about her training with her other abilities and she says they would probably shred each other to bits. And Reese is like, well, yeah, but it wouldn't be fun otherwise. <laughs> he asks her to try to get past his shields, and she tries. He asks if she can feel her powers. Reese Sayan makes some comment about Anthe carving up Favor because of her powers, and she asks what his issue is with her. He tells her that the priestesses are a perversion of what they once were. But she wants to know more, and he tells her that she needs to get past his shields to see. And Favor is just tired and says she's had enough tests for today. So, have you ever had a significant other hate on your friends? And did you kick his butt because of it? I don't think so. I don't know. I think we've had somebody hate yeah, on us before, yeah. right? Like, uh... Exes. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, somebody who's not here or there, <laughs> others hated on us. Oh, yeah. But... I think I've been... Oh, actually, you used, used to have... He, he didn't hate on me, but he was jealous of me. Oh, yeah. Oh, dang. At the time I had a couple of people that were jealous of you. It's your sister. What the hell? They, they were total Tamlins there. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've had anyone hate on my friends, but I think that I've had some that didn't want to give them a chance. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. go hang out with them and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. Charlie's all about it. But I think he's, like, the only one that I've had that's mm-hmm. been like that. Yeah, that's a good way to be. Rhysand tells Favor that the priestesses are all up in the courts. Their spies are everywhere, and their followers frantic with devotion. But during the last 50 years, they were hidden. He doesn't feel that they are all like that, but there are some that are merely just self-righteous. Favor specifically wants to know about Ianthe. Rhys <laughs> grabs her hand, and their bond goes taut. He shows Feyre a memory. It's Ianthe naked. Gross. <laughs> In what she assumes is his bed. Feyre tries to stop the memory. Who wants to see this? Yeah, she like tries to leave <laughs> and it's like, there's like an invisible yeah. wall. So, but yeah, she's trapped. You trapped me, You bastard. <laughs> so, but Reese needs her to see there's more and therefore stops her from fleeing his memory. Reese asks Ianthe to get out. And she's reluctant, saying she sees how Rhysand looks at her. Ugh. And Reese sells her. She sees what she wants, and she needs to get out. Ianthe was relentless in her pursuit of him. She tried for other males, too, even as he left because of it. Reese asks Ianthe about her allegiance to another court, and Ianthe says her allegiance is with the future of Prithian and with the true power of the land. Ianthe asks Rhysand if he could imagine the union between them and the rule their offspring would have over Prithian. She wants his crown and for him to play stud. Rhysand tells Ianthe to get out of his room and leave his court. So have you ever known an Ianthe? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I know who you're talking about. Does it have four letters? Yes. Oh, I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, a former, a long time ago, friend of ours that was to very much into R. taking other people's men. Yes. <laughs> Does it begin with an R? Yes. Okay. Yes. She would do that to her friends, mm-hmm. meaning me. <laughs> her friend. <laughs> yes. She would like somebody I would be either talking to or dating or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I, was, I didn't just jump in the sack with them. But she would. And oh. so then they would lose interest in me and they, and they would talk to her. And I was like, okay, I don't, I don't know what's see. going on. But then one of them finally told me, you know why? She slept with me. And I was like, oh, oh, oh okay. <laughs> All right. I mean, whatever. I don't care now. But I got really annoyed with them. It was I'm like, dirty. It, was, it wasn't just a one-time thing. It right. was like multiple times that I found that that happened. Was mm-hmm. she like trying to be you and trying to be better or something? I don't know. I think she said she was just intimidated by other girls and just didn't know how to act, I guess. And mm-hmm. freaking horny as hell. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The Nasty 2000s ass. were wild. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Ianthe moves closer to Rhysand and tells him he doesn't know how she can make him feel and then tries to grab his junk. But Rhysand stops her hand with his magic, twisting her fingers. <laughs> he warns Ianthe to never touch him again, nor any other male in his court. Yeah, bitch. Yes. The next time she tries, it would be worse. 
He then throws her onto her ass in the hallway, <laughs> and her clothes follow. And the door is slammed. Fair leaves Resan's mind, and he tells her the rule number one is to never enter anyone's mind without holding the way open. Otherwise, a Daimati could let her in and shut her inside, making her their slave. Farrah interrupts his next role to ask when that memory occurred, and he tells her a hundred years ago in the Court of Nightmares. Farrah tries to tell Rhysand, Ianthe didn't act like that in front of her, but then she remembers Lucian, and she wants to throw up. She thinks of what to tell Tamlin if she returns to the Spring Court, and honestly, what do you think Tamlin would do with this information? Absolutely nothing. Exactly. He wouldn't nothing. do anything. He, just no. wouldn't he wouldn't believe. No. I mean, that's his friend. It's true, but it also annoys me. Yeah. Grace tells her that rule two is that she should be prepared to see things she may not like. Vera realizes that 50 years later, Rhysand allowed Amarantha to do to him what Ianthe tried. Only he did it for his people to keep them safe. Vera wants to ask Reese more, but he disappears. So she goes to bathe the melted human off her body and thinks that she is now a certified book tracker. So much better than a party planning wife. But really, really is it? (laughs) Our next wine of the night is 14 hands unicorn bubbles. Why is that funny? I don't know. Chapter 22. The next morning, the plan is to go to the mortal lands. As and Cass appear to be hungover and hurting badly, but more is sprightly and wondering what one would wear to the human lands. <laughs> Feyre advises layers. They cover up everything. Feyre and Mora speak of what the women typically wear, and Feyre says that women in her world typically wed, bear children, and then plan their children's marriages. <laughs> the wealthier you are, the more restricted your freedoms. Moore tells Feyre, for some high fae, it's very similar. In the court of nightmares, females are prized. Virginity is sold to the highest bidder. She reveals she was born stronger than any in her family, including the males. She couldn't hide it because power leaves a mark. She hoped that meant no one would take her as a wife and that she wouldn't have to endure a loveless, brutal marriage. As soon as her period came, though, her power came in full force and she was seen as a prize to be won. Every single ruling family wanted that power bred into their bloodline. Her parents were ecstatic to have their pick of an alliance with another ruling family and the rest is long and awful. So, would you say your parents have a big part in choosing your quote-unquote mate? Well, I think that I've been in love with Arnold since I was 15, so, but I will say, you know how they say, Barf. you always, whatever, dad, <laughs> you just don't know. Anyway, but do you know how they say you marry your father? Yes. Yes, you do, because Arnold is just Okay, not not all the time, but there are several like specific things that make them so similar, and it drives me bananas. I know. Mm-hmm. I would have to say yes and no. And they taught us like how to be like growing up and who to look for, but there were people obviously that I chose that weren't like that. <laughs> they were I awful, awful, awful choices. <laughs> I was like. <laughs> What's the opposite of my kind parents? I'm going to go with this asshole. <laughs> exactly. No. Uh, yeah. No, I I was under the impression I'm going to go against the grain and get someone that is absolutely different from my father. Mm-hmm. And then I get with someone that is just like my father. <laughs> yeah. So, well, in some ways. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, he like, some was, ways, but... was, uh-huh. you know. But I will say Arnold is quite handy, so that aspect is nice. He's very handy. Yeah, my, my ex was handy, too. And, but, you know, he's <laughs> ex for a reason, right? <laughs> <laughs> so she tells Feyre she is not going to the mortal realm with her. I'm like, girl, why are you even talking to me about what to wear? Like, why? <laughs> she just likes to talk fashion, okay? Probably, I guess so. She will be joining them when they meet the queens, but she does not feel she can behave with any others. Moore tells her Cass helped Reese get her out of it. Cass risked everything to make sure she stayed out. 
and he believes he is a low-born bastard, but Moore considers him and Azrael to be worth more than any other male she's met in that court. Pharaoh tells Moore she'd like her sisters to meet her eventually, and she wants them to know that you can endure dark and dreadful things and still be warm and kind. She apologizes for not being as warm as Moore when she first entered the night court, and Moore tells her that there are good days and hard days for her even now, so don't let the hard days win is her advice. Pharaoh decides to fly with Azrael on their way from the coast through a hole in the wall. Once in the spring court, Pharaoh wonders where Tamlin might be or if he can sense her. She could not see the wall, but she could now feel it as a fairy. During their flight, Feyre tells Az she doesn't know where she fits anymore, and Az tells her he's been alive about five and a half centuries, and he still doesn't know where he belongs. So, have you ever felt like you didn't belong? Nah, bitches, I belong everywhere. No, you don't. <laughs> you you don't belong Look anywhere. at that. You Look at that. Very I belong weird. everywhere. <laughs> no, always. Always. Yeah. yeah. I do feel uncomfortable when I go to like fancy places because I don't like dressing up, so I feel like I don't belong there. Mm. <laughs> but that's about it. I'm very awkward at family <laughs> gatherings. Yeah. People that I don't see very often. Mm-hmm. Like, I can schmooze at work a little bit. I can be among other people. I can present meetings and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I can present here on this fucking podcast. Archie but if I get around people that, you know, our family, I can't. I don't uh-huh. know what it is. <laughs> I don't know what it, I don't know what it is. I'm weird. Mm. I don't think that there's me feeling like I don't belong, but I do feel different. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it's like at work, you know, I'm a dietitian, mm-hmm. and I feel like I'm not as serious as the rest <laughs> of the girls. Some of them are always researching, and I can't do that. I can't. I cannot make my career my entire life. I just I can't do that. Yeah. And I feel like sometimes I'm like, man, maybe I'm not really good at what I do because I'm not so like obsessed with it. I don't know. I do think I'm good at what I do. I'm just not thinking about it 24-7. I'm always thinking about what I'm going to do with my family when I get home, you know? Right. Some people live to work, and I'm working just to have money to hang out with my my family, you know? Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I feel like that's where I stick out is that I'm... I remember when I was in my 20s, even then, when I didn't have a family to come home to, they always wanted us to join these local organizations. And I was like, nah, man, what for? Because <laughs> we needed to go out. <laughs> yeah, so they would always ask me to try to join these, like, associations. And I was like, I don't, I don't think I have time for that. Nope. Nope. No. Yeah. Dude, okay, so like, when we were young... In their 20s. And like we, last year. Yes. And we were first starting out our professional jobs. We went out Tuesday, <laughs> Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And then we would start over again. Like mm-hmm. that was the priority before kids, before family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We went out. We just did stuff. We always had stuff to do after work. No, I, I can't meet you guys. Yeah, I can't go to a professional affiliation. <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> and now it's like, it's well, I don't have time because I have a family. You know? Yeah. But some people are into that stuff and yeah. I just don't understand. I mean, I, I'll go once in a while. but uh, I'm just not that serious. Now, if it's during the work day, mm-hmm. I'm all about that. Let's mm-hmm. do that. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I'd rather be doing that. Oh, yeah. But like if it's extracurricular and I have to do it after the work, I already I already drive forty five minutes to work. I don't want to stay behind a little longer and then have to drive forty five minutes home. Yeah, especially if you do it on happy hour and I have to have a drink or two. <laughs> I, mean, I can't drive that long. Yeah, no, yeah, for totally. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know. That's the only time I felt like I'm different from the rest mm-hmm. of us. I think I've always been different. Well, yeah, you know, like, so when we were in high school, we want to talk about cliques. I don't <laughs> think that I was anywhere. I was uh-huh. not a jock, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't into, like, I wasn't in choir or band. I wasn't into sports. I wasn't into anything. Yeah. And I was just smart. That was it. But, like, people you were, were in the business yeah. professionals of America. Yeah, but only because <laughs> I wanted to have that job. And you had to join it to have that job. Anyway, um, but, like, I didn't fit anywhere. I don't think I fit anywhere because I, yeah, I was smart, but I didn't do all the freaking, like, physics club and Latin uh, club. Yeah. I didn't do that crap because much like right now I was like after school I don't want to do something I just want to go home you yeah. know so we were active in middle school though in all the little UILs 
No, but <laughs> that's just how it's smart. I don't know. But I didn't fit anywhere. I always joke because Arnold was a football player that he was a jock and I was just like invisible. And that's why I loved him from afar. But anyway. I didn't even know he was a football player until you showed me his picture that one time. He was was a football player junior year and senior year. And then he played soccer. But I don't know if it was junior or senior. I I don't see him as a soccer player. I don't see him as a football player. Like I've never seen him as a football player. Okay. Like I think no, like in high school, I think I've seen him as a soccer player, but not a football player. Mm. You get me? No, no. <laughs> like in the yearbooks, I've seen him as like a soccer player, but I've never uh, seen him in the football you know roster. Funny? You know what's funny? I thought he was a basketball player. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first time I heard you squeal. <laughs> what? You know what's funny? I don't know if he's ever played basketball. I know he used to play. He had tried his hand at baseball, but I don't know about basketball. (laughs) He looked like a good track. He did do track. He He did. did, I think he did cross country. Okay. Okay. Long legs. (laughs) I was a choir dork. I am not. I was not in anything. And I don't even think I was in the cool kids. Of the choir. <laughs> At least you didn't get kicked out of choir like me. Uh, what? <laughs> I did. I don't. I did not. I quit. But I always tell people I got kicked out. Just because she I didn't like band. you. <laughs> I was a band. Well, she didn't like that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, uh, she's probably no longer with us. She is. Oh my god. Oh, she isn't. I didn't. I saw her obituary Aww. years ago, and I felt really bad. I okay. quit band because of somebody. Went to a band and she was last chair always and I was always in the first three chairs Mm -hmm. and they got the last chair to go to a band in high school and they stuck me in B and I was like what why are we playing favorites you know Mm. Well, maybe you just sucked. <laughs> no, I freaking rocked that flute. I was like, Lizzo. You know what's funny is that uh, I'm, the best I'm just the person who's like, well, maybe you just suck. Cause, so Arnie and I were like stacking up his little monitos made out of Legos on this little shelf because uh-huh. Stella keeps grabbing them. So I got this shelf that goes on the wall and we're putting it up there. Monitos. And he was like, action figures. This one has a missing leg and this one has a missing tail. I was like, Arnie. Maybe just suck at Legos. Oh. <laughs> and he was like, Mama, I do not suck at Legos. You're like, messed up. Oh, you I, I think you just suck at Legos. And <laughs> what's funny is that he wants to have a Lego birthday. Oh. <laughs> He's ruining his dream. I love that boy. Okay, guys. Okay. I smother that boy with love. All right. She does. She do. Shortly after, they fly through the wall and enter the human lands. Chapter 23. It had been a year since Favor killed Andrus in the forest. Favor stands before the front door of her home, and the bat boys are behind her, hidden by Rissan's glamour. Favor tells the housekeeper that she's there to see her family, and the housekeeper tells her that the father is away on business, but her sisters are there. The housekeeper could tell there was something different. Elaine comes to the doorway and peeks over the housekeeper's shoulders. She looked exactly as Farrah had remembered. Farrah walks into the house to see Nesta staring at her as if she were a ghost. So would you say you're an observant person? Absolutely not. <laughs> I am not. <laughs> I am not at all. Like, if it was you in fae form, I would not have noticed. Yeah. Like Elaine? You would be an Elaine, too. Yes. I would, I'm totally on the Elaine side at this time. I'd just be like, oh, it's Feyre. She glows a little bit. You know, I don't know. I, I think I'd probably be in the middle, because I think sometimes I am quite observant, but that's when my, my attention's like honed mm-hmm, in but mm-hmm. you know you guys I always have intention issues uh, so sometimes like something could happen and I did not see it and mm-hmm. I think that sometimes frustrates Arnold when he's like trying to talk to me and say did you see this and I'm like nah <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No. I'm the same way exactly which way your way okay <laughs> so yeah so sometimes I do notice things but the thing is 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 my reaction to things that I see it's not quiet like I will it's like <laughs> all judgment like, I like I perk up like a meerkat when I see something that's out of place or like odd and so it's like why can't I just be normal I don't know oh well you're not I know. Vera sits with her sisters before the hearth and keeps feeling bad for what she's to bring into their lives. She didn't know where the boys were. She had wanted to speak to her family alone first. 
Favorite asks about their father. Nesta informs her that he is in Neva, trading with some merchants and attending a summit regarding the threat above the wall. She wonders if Pharaoh came to warn them about this threat. Elaine tells Pharaoh she is happy to see her and they thought she may be dead. This is when Pharaoh removes her hood to reveal what she has become. Pharaoh says she did die and then she was remade. Hold on while I pee real quick. <laughs> sorry. I'm so sorry. I had to get my drink. And this visibly frightened Elaine. Pharaoh tells both her sisters her story under the mountain end of Amarantha, her death and rebirth. She then explains why she is there and why she needed the house. Nesta tells Pharaoh to find another place. Mm. Uh, when Pharaoh pleads, Nesta asks what they are to do when it's found out that they are Fae sympathizers. They would be no better than the children of the blessed. They would lose their status in society. And what about Elaine's wedding? What? Mm. Ready. I know. Is there a cake? <laughs> <laughs> That's the important question. For real. Yeah. Fondant yeah. or no fondant? Right. No fondant, please. Just buttercream. Vera <laughs> is obviously shocked to find she's engaged. Nesta tells her that in five months she will be marrying a lord's son, and his father is devoted to hunting fairies. There will be no meeting, no fate in her house. Elaine tells Nesta, if they don't help Pharaoh, there won't be a wedding. She tells Nesta they could keep it secret and send the servants away. Their father won't be back until summer, so no one will know. She reminds Nesta all that Pharaoh did for them for years. Nesta contemplates for a bit and then announces they will send the servants away tomorrow. But Pharaoh pushes for today. Elaine says she will do it and leaves. I will give Elaine credit. She is the one that convinces Nesta to do it. That's because Nesta, like, is Elaine's bitch. <laughs> that is true. Alone, Favor asks Nesta if the Lord's son is good. Nesta tells her that Elaine believes he is, but his father built a wall of stone around their estate so high that it looks like a prison. But <laughs> Nesta hasn't said anything because the son, Grayson, is as smitten with Elaine as she is with him. It is the father she does not like. And Elaine, he sees money she has to offer his estate and his crusade against the Fae. So would you say a bad family member would be a deal breaker? Fuck yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm just kidding. No. I mean, I guess it'd be kind of hard, but especially if they're very close to the right. That's your other you half. Can't really avoid. I mm -hmm. mean, it's not their fault, and it's not them. So if I was Nesta, I would definitely be like, his father sucks. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. if it's a parent, maybe. But if it's a brother or sister that, that just couldn't because, go away somewhere. Because like the father could be overbearing and yeah. trying to in, involve himself in their marriage. So at, in this case, so where he kind of reveals himself before, I would say, get out of that. You Especially know? if they're going to be like a mama's boy or mm. daddy's girl or whatever. Yeah. I think that sometimes you don't find those things out mm -hmm. until later, but... If he's showing his true colors this soon, it's only going to get worse, right? Yep. Yeah. And talking about the father. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, I know. The son, I mean, the son's in love with her or whatever. Yeah, but, like, no. it is kind of suspicious if the dad's going to be like that more than likely. And I just hate, gonna be a little I think bit like it's disgusting, that right? Disgusting that he's, like, looking forward to her fortune. <laughs> so gross. Like, get well, away. Yeah, it's the I olden the, times. I mean, yeah. Did you say olden? <laughs> olden times. <laughs> oh, that's how we used to talk. Okay. It was, back, you know, back in the day. By, you know, it was ye old times, you know. We're going to put that tomorrow at your little party. <laughs> olden days. My old, my old ass days. That's what it was. It is. No, but yeah. I guess, I mean, back in the day, it was the woman's dowry that bought the marriage basically so so nesta then asks favor about her doing all that crap for her high lord just to leave him and favor tells nesta that her high lord built a wall to cage her in when asked why favor says she thinks something was broken in him under the mountain he couldn't let go of his need to protect at all costs she is now in a new court and asks Nesta if she'd like to meet her new clan. Cannot wait till the next episode. Mm -hmm. Any questions or comments about what we have just discussed today? 
Anything in addition to add, you two? I am excited for the dinner conversation that Din- Nesta's going <laughs> to have in a few minutes. Not in dinner, but minutes. in a few minutes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited for them to finally meet Nesta. I'm sure Favor has talked about her family, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you hear all these stories and then you finally meet the person you're like, this is not how I pictured you. You, you always <laughs> picture them a different way, and then when you see them, you're like, oh, okay, this is what we're dealing with. Yeah, I am excited. I was excited when I first read it. I was like, oh, my God, they're going to meet the sister. <laughs> like, I'm just curious to see what's going to happen. That's what I was excited about when I first read. I was like, well, how are they going to react to this? <laughs> yeah. So. Maggie, anything? Oh, nothing. Okay. Any questions, comments can be sent to our email. It's three whinywitches at gmail.com with the number three. We can be followed on Instagram and TikTok at three whiny witches. If you have any comments or questions for us, anything that you want to respond to in the podcast, you can direct message us on TikTok or on Instagram or email. Please leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform that you're listening to us on. We are on most podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc. Until next time. See you later, witches. Toodles. <laughs> <laughs>